Hello and welcome to Bored and Sassy. I'm Val. And I'm Sam. And we're here to bring you Disney news, discussion, and opinions with a sassy grown-up bent. Today we're going to talk about jerks on Reddit, FastPass Plus strategy, and more silly shit. So topic number one is jerks on Reddit. Uh, today, earlier today, someone uh, on the R Walt Disney World subreddit asked for advice on dealing with the parks when you have mental health issues, um, which she, in a later comment, uh, mentioned was borderline personality disorder. And people told her she should not go. And one guy said something along the lines of the public doesn't want to see that. Like the general public doesn't want to see that because she had expressed it as a place that you could de-stress or unfreak out. Like, can we just fucking be better than this as a community? It's bullshit. What infuriates me the most is that this is like the most valuable kind of conversation to have on that subreddit. Because 90% of what's on that subreddit is that girl trying to peddle her ears. She's a fucking or, or it's people saying like, haha, look at this cool Disney thing. Right. And or it's like, like, oh, there's news or like fun stuff. Like this right. is an actual impactful conversation. And it's also not someone just being like, how do I book fast passes? It's not a basic how to question. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing is that Reddit is not just like, you know, community moderated news or, you know, picture sharing. Look at this cool thing. Right. It's also like a discussion forum. It's right. a public way to discuss these things and this is exactly the kind of thing where there are tons of people and frankly backing up for a second there are tons of people with disabilities especially mental health significant things that really appreciate disney right specifically because they know they're well taken care of and there's you know yeah. they can get cast member help and things like that so this is like I'm, I'm especially outraged because it's like, you. this is the, the best use of this subreddit. Right. And the, the thing is that like the person in this case, unlike Jennifer who didn't Google if their kid was allowed to dress up. Right. Like this person was trying to ensure that they would have spaces available where they could mitigate their symptoms if they needed to. Like they didn't say that they needed a place to freak out. They said somewhere to unfreak out or de-stress, which generally speaking with a mental health issue... Uh, is going to be to avoid having an issue in the first place. So if you feel like you could be close to having an episode of some kind, you go, wait, no, I know there's a place nearby that I can go sit in the quiet and, and calm down. And they're being proactive. This woman was being fully proactive in trying to manage her condition. Um, and everyone was super negative. Like it has 51 comments on it. Um, and the vast majority are in a thread responding to someone who was being a dick. And a lot of them are people agreeing with that person. And that person has a ton of upvotes on their comment. And like, it's just Disney to act like a person shouldn't go like, I don't think a theme park's the best place for you if you have this mental illness. And I think that was before she'd even said it was particularly that it was BPD. Um, to say that, there's literally a guide that Walt Disney World has for this kind of thing. Someone had posted a um, a link to their like cognitive, uh, guess with cognitive issues or disabilities page, and the link to the guide was broken. I actually found it elsewhere so that I could help the person out, um, and I 
message Disney on their help page being like, can you fix this link? Because this is an important guide. They have like a 30 page guide on like kids with autism, other folks with mental illness, behavioral, whatever, any of that stuff. Like they have literally an entire guide on the services available to you, how to help you cope. There is a four page section, three or four page section, just listing out places you can take a break. And like, if you really need one, get to the nearest cast member and they'll be able to tell you what to do. Like they wrote a guide for this. This is not a place where you're just like, well, I just don't think you should go to a theme park if you're mentally like, well, person yeah, don't go to Universal. So. <laughs> like the person said that they struggled with crowds, which does make it hard. But again, a lot of people struggle with crowds. It is okay. And Disney is equipped to help you get away from it if you need to. And so I'm I'm not an expert on this person's particular struggles. Um, frankly, I'm not well educated on BPD or anything like that. Um, but I made relatively speaking, mentally healthy person, but I struggle with the crowds there. But sometimes even just knowing that I have safe spaces to go to that are quieter to get away can be what allows me to be like, I'm uncomfortable right now, but I think I'm okay enough because I know that if I really need to, I can go right. nearby. And I make plans. And I think, right. I'm a lot more comfortable in spaces when I have an escape, whether it's exactly. regarding my mental health stuff, whether it's regarding my physical health stuff. Having a plan actually can help mitigate it in and of itself, just right. knowing. Because almost everybody who has any kind of issue like that, and I know this is true for, for you and your physical symptoms, um, the anxiety factor of exactly. having to deal with it amplifies the symptoms themselves. Yeah. It triggers, so. it can trigger them. Like, it, I can be triggered into a flare just by, like, my brain going, oh, no, there's no bathrooms nearby. Right. Like, it's, right. it's, brains and bodies are garbage, but... That's what, what upsets me is like the Disney community is pretty shitty about disability shaming in general because everyone thinks that every single person that they see on a fucking scooter in the parks is like just fat or just lazy or whatever number. Like everybody sees them and they're just like these fucking menaces on ECVs and it's like they're not fun to use. We've talked about how not fun it is to actually be stuck in a wheelchair or an ECV for a trip. Um, but this community tends to be kind of disability shaming in general. And it's just like, for fuck's sake, like, you know how many millions of children visit that place? Do you know how many millions of children who have behavioral issues? It's okay. They get to go. Adults with also disabilities and behavioral issues, uh, behavioral health issues and mental health issues and all of that, we get to go. It's for everyone. And they have made a plan to make it as accessible as possible. And if you're going to try to act like, oh, I don't know, if you don't like crowds, you really shouldn't go to a theme park. Like the thing is, this person said that they had issues with crowds. They have particular issues with being touched unexpectedly and that and like cramming and that kind of thing. They know that they have these limitations they are still going to try. You don't know what their treatment plan is like for their BPD. There are plenty of things that could mean that they'll be totally fine, but they wanted to see if they could make it even more likely that they would be totally fine and have no issues. And you're going to fucking punch down at them like, you just shouldn't go at all. Oh, nobody wants to fucking see that. Oh, BPD? Oh, definitely not with BPD. Like, I saw someone call that out. Or or the one where someone was like, well, I have anxiety and I just suck it off. That's the same like, fucking guy who said yeah. uh, nobody wants to see that. Right. Well, I have anxiety myself and I'm like fuck you dude like oh I'm sorry like first of all your experience with anxiety is not analogous to hers with BPD but also 
the fact that some people with mental health struggles do the suck it up thing does not mean that everyone else should. And it doesn't mean that everyone else could. And also, again, she's being proactive. Like she's not at the parks right now going, oh, fuck, I'm panicking. She's going, you know what? Let me make a plan before I go, which I would advise anyone to do. If you do have issues like that, we do. There's a reason we use fast passes the way that we do. We plan where we're going to be for different shows to mitigate my crowding anxiety reaction and potential physical symptoms based on that because of my IBS. Frankly, in, unless you're superhuman, I recommend a plan for this kind of thing anyway I mean, because yes, but fully I don't, healthy adults get overwhelmed. Right, but I, and, and someone made that comment. The thing is that it is it is different, right? Plenty of people, kids get overwhelmed, parents, yeah. families get overwhelmed, adults get overwhelmed. It is different when you have an actual medical issue and it's not like, it's just, it really bothers me because... We act like it's annoying to have a handicapped spots at the fucking supermarket and shit. And we still talk this way about disabled folks and we sneer at service dogs, which in part is because of some issues we've seen with emotional support animals and shit. But it's, it's, we are in this position where despite the legal protections that disabled folks have, we really don't actually have like some kind of a super fucking easy time out there. Um, there's been a lot of discourse recently. I don't even remember about oh because fucking Andy Richter actually just tweeted yesterday that he saw someone fake a limp when they said that they were only boarding disabled folks on the plane and there have been threads going on about performative disability and how those of us who have things that might be invisible sometimes feel like we have to perform them because people will otherwise be assholes about it right which Andy Richter still was but um there's sort of this like feeling like we constantly have to prove that we need this like for DAS I get weird like disability imposter syndrome about using it um, because I really can't always wait in line. Some trips I've been fine and other trips, like if I have a flare during a trip and I didn't have a fast pass for something like the, the last year we were planning on just doing standby for slinky dog. And then right. the day before we were going to do that, I had a really bad flare and I was like, you know what? I don't feel like I can wait in a two hour line anymore. So I got DAS and and thank goodness the the cast members who handle that stuff, uh, as far as I can tell, seem to be well trained in that you know none of them bat an eye at an able bodied person walking up asked, to the line. I don't think right. that they even asked me what it was yep. that I needed it for or anything. And I they, don't think they, they, they do, legally can. Yeah, they but they do have weird, case by case but, on yeah. it, and apparently if you're in an if you have a mobility device, they won't always give it to you, even if you can't wait for other reasons than the mobility device. Right, but, right. But I know for me it was. It was really helpful because I got to do something that I really would not have been able to do because usually if I flared, like often the next day can continue to be kind of bad. And again, waiting in line alone can be a trigger. Um, So I think I, I just hate it because I feel like people sometimes think like we have too many accommodations and it's just like, fuck you. Like we still deal with this shit all the time. Somebody literally just asked, can you help me have a better idea of places I might be able to get away? And um, got fucking roasted right. for it. That's and, too much, apparently. Right, and, and I outlined a whole... Advice. I made a huge fucking comment. I was like, here's all my stuff. Oh, and someone posted that link below, but the other link is broken, but I got you this where it shows the guide and here's all the places Disney says are quiet, like all of that. And they even know for Tom Sawyer Island, they're like, Tom Sawyer Island is, is quiet, but you have to take a ferry, so you might have to wait. Whereas other people in the thread hadn't said Tom Sawyer Island... They just said Tom Sawyer Island. And I was like, right. I didn't say it because you do have to wait right. to get there. So, and you can, and those ferries can be crowded. So yep. it's just, it's, 
the person fortunately like said like thank you so much this was perfect or whatever about my comment and I was like good because it, it you would have thought that this post had a ton of great advice in it but if you click those 51 comments the vast majority of them are people threading now some of them are people telling this guy to go fuck himself these guys who are being assholes but it evolved into this or devolved I should say into this like anti-disability discourse and I'm just like it's it's so fucking exhausting because again the same thing happens anytime anything comes up about ECV the smoking ban discussion somehow led to people bashing ECV users always calling everyone fat and saying that they're lazy and saying that everyone's awful it's just like you know I don't make threads complaining about how somebody fucking smashed me in the skull with their scooter or flat tired me with a scooter or cut in front of me on the fuck. Like, we have this podcast to do that, granted. Right. But, like, I'm not going on Reddit and anytime someone posts about bringing their kid going, well, a three-year-old one time, her parents weren't watching her and she slammed her scooter, her, her stroller into my fucking head multiple times while we were waiting for the fireworks. Like, I don't, I don't understand why. Like, does the general public want to see kids throwing tantrums either? Probably right. not, but, like, yeah, actually, you know, that's Should a really good point, Should you not bring your Val. kids because that's kids really good point. can be annoying? Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly, uh, Disney is not for children. Um, the public doesn't want to see that because kids throwing tantrums, you know, it should really be for for uh, uh, adults only. But, you like, know? that's truly my thing is I'm like, what are you, <laughs> I, I what just are you don't... talking about with, like, not something the general public wants to see? Like, what... What is? Do they need to start gating people? Do we have to eliminate the uglies and the fats and the... The, what what so, are we doing here? Like, so harsh dress codes. <laughs> we've dug in on the, on this a little bit. I think the the real takeaway is, especially uh, when sitting behind our screens, uh, people can be real shitty on the internet. And this is one of those really good examples of like there was still some some people with very good advice in there. Um, I wish there was a way for us to uh, I don't know have a, a, a better place to give that advice that isn't full of people that are literally just there to see basically Instagram on Reddit. You know, it's, it's frustrating to me that for someone to get like to really responsibly get help, they have to fight through people that are just there to give them shit and yeah. to act like they're a yeah. burden on society. Yep. Um, but I'm really glad that there are resources out there, and frankly, that there are people like you that are, you know, willing to. Oh, to I'm go so dig great! Through. Look but, at me! I was nice on a Reddit. So right. Like, oh, well, no. Like, I mean, it's it's no, it's one of those things where like we need people to be thinking about life experiences that aren't really aren't like theirs. theirs. You yeah, know, that's that's um, the biggest struggle. Because Just, you know, especially for people that struggle like this, um, they don't necessarily go all the time or they may be asking because they've never gone before so people with the experience you know should be uh looking to help out i think so. it all comes down to what we've talked about plenty of times on this podcast which is fucking common courtesy like don't walk seven abreast in the middle of epcot like watch where you're going if you need to stop pull over to the side all of those things that we've said like people just are just entitled dicks about this because oh my god it's my fancy vacation and Everything needs to be perfect. And I don't want to see someone who might need to be sitting in a corner to calm down. Like people fucking puke in the bushes at food and wine. Like you're probably one of them person on the internet. Why, why do I have to deal with that? Like that's, that's my, my whole fucking thing is like, if we all just were more decent and chill 
and understood that some people have different life experiences than we do, all of this would be better. And just fucking common courtesy, man. Now it's time for an upper. <laughs> Whee! Woo! Uh, so now we're going to talk about our Fast Pass Plus strategy because we just this morning uh, booked our Fast Passes at 7 a.m. Fuck you. Why isn't it midnight anymore? <laughs> God, why? Yes, of course it was 7 a.m. was rough because we were both up at midnight Planning going, man, <laughs> I wish we had done. Well, I mean, we weren't up because we were planning, but. True, true, true. No, I think it, it was. it's just, it's early for my life. I don't like to get up that early and like get up and be coherent to like make fun. So what we did is we made our plan the night. Anyway, okay. Let me just, we'll outline what we're doing here. So again, this is on our minds because we just did them. Um, the basic, I mean, like step one is really planning out the things that you want to do. Like what rides are actually important to you? Plan them out, decide which ones you're going for, and then tier them for yourself. So like most important, second most, third most, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, because there are a lot that you can fill with. There are a lot that you can get like throughout your trip. Um, but for your top ones, if they are things like Flight of Passage or like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is kind of not as hard as it used to be, Slinky Dog, um, try for those first. So right at seven o'clock, sign out at 6.55, sign in at seven o'clock in the morning. We don't even know for sure if that matters, but we're super But we do. Um Try for your top ones first and try for your last day. So we got Flight of Passage on our last trip day, um, which is what we've been doing for some number of years now. And we never have an issue getting it because for this one, we have, you know, a seven day trip. Um, so the people who have four day trips starting on the 13th, they won't be going on to that. And the people right. who have four day trips starting but that will mean they're there for our last day, they won't have fast pass access yet. Right. So, and the people with, you know, seven day trips or something that start a couple days before ours already got the fast passes other than the last right. two days. They of already trip. got the prior ones. So, um, basically fewer people will have had access to those days, the later that you go. Um, so it's helpful to do that for like the big, super crazy ones. And we all, we just always end up doing fast. Pa I mean, we could, we could probably get them for the second to last day, but we always just right. go for it because it's almost guaranteed. And this is something where this is, this is better. The longer your trip is, the more likely you are to be, to be successful. But this is still true. Even if you have a three or four day trip, oh, yeah. yep. because that last day is still the one that the person with a four day trip one day before yours doesn't have access to. So, right, right. um, you know, always, always look for the last day first for the things that you, you really want to do. Yep. And one other thing I think that sometimes helps too, is that we don't, everyone says, get your fast passes first thing in the morning so you can use them up and then you can book more fast passes throughout the day. And I'm like, we usually like don't do that. Uh, we don't do that strategy. We don't, we aren't rope droppers and we aren't really morning park people. Like we get out of the room at like 11 o'clock. So I've had a chance to let my body start chilling, figuring itself out for the day. Yeah. We, we also, because we've started booking slightly longer trips than we once did. And because we're bougie as fuck, <laughs> we'll admit it. Um, we don't 
day pack as hard as we yeah. did in the first we don't feel like we have to trips. pack everything in um, because we and have it's made me enjoy it so much more but it does mean that we kind of have some flexibility around things like you know oh well we can do some afternoon fast passes and right. we're only going to do those three fast passes and not try yeah maybe we'll but try the to thing book is, an extra like one, even but. if you do even if you start getting fast passes for like noon or 1 p.m if you pack those between one and five and the parks open till nine you can still use four, five, six, whatever other fast passes that day. It's not like starting in the afternoon like means you can't use any more if there are any available. So a question there, actually, because this is something I don't remember Answer off the there. top of my head. So let's say we do what we have done many times in the past, which is go to Animal Kingdom for opening mm-hmm. um, and do some fast passes there, mm-hmm. right? Um, then if we are done there and go to a different park, mm-hmm. we can get fast passes for that park, right? Yeah. 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 So, so that's, that's another thing too is, you know, obviously there are some cases where doing the morning approach could be advantageous, but really it doesn't matter until you've planned your days and right. where you're going to be. Yeah. And again, like you can, if, if you can use four plus fast passes, basically once you get through your first three, you can do four, five, six, seven, eight, however many more. As long as the parks aren't closing at 6 p.m. or something, you can do, which they don't all do like ever, like one of them will, but um, you don't have to worry. Like you'll still get to use additional fast passes. And also like, yeah, there are some day of, but it's not like there are a ton of day of necessarily anyway. So there's like, I understand the strategy in theory, but um, it's just not one that we really subscribe to because we generally have a fine time doing what, but again, that's with like six or seven day trips right, that we do now. Right. So, um, another thing that we do is we do dining after our fast passes. It's not, we kind of deprioritize dining, but it's more that we prioritize our hidden gem type restaurants like Kona Cafe and Tiffin's and we're trying Skipper's Canteen this time. Um, I almost just said Cantina because I'm thinking of, of, uh, galaxy's edge it's a universe crossover um, it's the, very well and actually so. the only thing we had to plan around was oga's cantina because yep. i got that for a specific day because that we had to book as soon as they were like oh by the way you can get oga's cantina reservations right. um which so, you you did and i didn't even know you'd done it until you said something <laughs> and i was like uh, oh what's that i was <laughs> like star wars bitch um so we basically what that lets us do is have full freedom for Fast Pass Plus. So we can say, yeah, okay, we're going to do Flight of Passage the last day. If you've planned all your dining and you're set being at a particular park at a particular time on a particular day, especially if you don't have park hoppers, right. that can be tough. So if you care more about rides than food, then you should absolutely prioritize your Fast Passes and then book some dining afterward. And you can always, like there are websites that'll tell you you know, alert you when reservations become available for things. You can check, you can call Disney and say, hey, is there anything available? Because often folks do cancel, especially like within the week or so, because uh, it's like a 24-hour cancellation fee for a lot of the restaurants. This is also something that changed a little bit for us uh, since we stopped doing the dining plan. True. Um, Because when we were getting free dining or discounted dining or something like that, um, we also were, were taking advantage of that even for the table service stuff. Um, and that actually led to uh, kind of uh, reservation anxiety for us where yes. we felt like we, we had to use all of them for table service. Yep. So we were you know, getting 
all of those reservations in, and that was kind of shaping our trip in a way that, uh, you know, the first the first couple of trips that we did that, it was really fun because we got to try a bunch of, of stuff, but yeah. it definitely meant that the dining reservations were completely controlling the the days the, the of where we were. Yeah. And we, we ended up with some weird stuff where we'd have a reservation somewhere, but then fast passes somewhere else, but then wanted to come back in the yeah. evening for fireworks. It was fireworks a lot less was, flexible. Yeah, um, so it was it was rough. But, you know, now that we're, we've decided to not do the dining plan at all after becoming uh, annual, annual pass, pass holders, holders um, that's sort of made those reservations be a little bit more exciting because... We can add them if there's availability when we already have things lined up well. So yeah. it just kind of makes Which, our days plan. By easier. the way, there was availability uh, 60 days out from our trip for um, Tiffins and Always Kona Cafe. Oh man, and if you, Skipper sorry, Canteen. I, and I should I, say if if money is is right, uh, that's uh, an expensive one. If you are able to go to Tiffins reasonably, um, I wouldn't recommend it for a family of six if you aren't you know quite wealthy or if you're um, also if but, you're like kids are all super picky right. eaters exactly but like, it has really great exactly. food and really um, great service but especially if you're weirdo dinks like us and <laughs> have some disposable income tiffins is wonderful and i'm a picky eater and he it is. has weird stuff he's still fine but it's still incredible yeah it's really great um and i actually moved our tiffins reservation so not only was i able to book one 60 days out but i was able to move it to a different day earlier at the beginning of our trip because uh, I put it, I just, just so you know, if you didn't see the calendar notification, I put it on the first day so that if I do have leftovers, I can eat them. Cause it was That's on, a smart idea. I know it was on our last day. And I was like, uh, usually I have leftovers from Tiffin's <laughs> and I don't feel like uh, I'm going to want to eat them before we check out of our room the next day. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so I'm, it was, those are the thing is if you're trying to get Ohana, I'm sure I could not get Ohana right now. I'm sure I could not get a lot of the character dining stuff right now. Um, but I was able to get the ones that we kind of, again, are like hidden gems after we did fast passes. So that's another thing too, is that it is important to remember that availability is not just gone once it's gone. If you check frequently, they're like, people will cancel yeah, reservations that's what I was saying. and they again, will pop Especially up, so. the week of, right. because you're getting close to the window where they'll charge you for it. Exactly. So that especially, like even the week of your trip, don't give up hope. Like try, check out yep. what's there. Um, one cool thing is that our Skipper Canteen reservation is right after our Jungle Cruise Fast Pass. Oh, that's And so it's on cool. a not so scary, uh, not, fuck, it's very Merry Christmas party. <laughs> not so scary Christmas oh, party. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a very Merry Christmas party night. So our Jungle Cruise Fast Pass is 5.30 to 6. And then our dining reservation is at 6.10. Oh, so we're just so hanging we're just out during hang the party out pretty much. Because the yeah. party starts at right. 7. So right. that's they, won't, they don't kick you out of restaurants or anything. They just don't let you get yep. on, on rides and, and enter and stuff. But Which that's fine because we'll probably want to go be in a food coma anyway. Which or that's fine because so. we might actually want to go to the party. What? No. Um, not really. That not might that one. happen. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We might last minute it uh, if any aren't sold out because the sold out one was not fun. Um, I don't know about food comas and Skipper Canteen. It's going to be interesting. I don't even know what their cuisine is. They're the one so who have I'm like excited. the full, the full, the whole fried fish that people are like, oh, what do I do with it? Like with the eyes and everything. <laughs> they have funky stuff, but they, they, they've already toned it down from their yeah. original menu because white people. Um, But it's, uh, I'm excited to try it. We've heard really good things. So Anyway, that went on a tangent, but basically our like biggest possible tips here are, uh, make your plan beforehand, try for your top fast passes towards the end of your trip, 
and do your dining after you do your fast passes. If you really care about your fast passes, prioritize those, then make dining after. Also, it's important to note that both Val and I were doing this at the same time. We both had our laptops together. Oh, yeah. So we could we could basically tag team it. So we picked Val was going to do Flight of Passage. I would try to do Slinky Dog. I was trying to do a really good summary of our whole segment here. And I just totally never even fucking mentioned that you can both be, if you are a couple or if you are a triad or if you have kids who are old enough to use the internet, like all four of you can be on at the same time booking for each other. So that's a really big advantage if you have more than one person. Um, don't just be like, oh, my wife's going to take care of the fast passes. Like we get up and do it together because you can book them simultaneously, which increases your likelihood of getting the good ones before they're gone. Especially if you really wanted, like, let's say all you care about is Flight of Passage. If you wanted to try and book it for... Every day right. for the you last three days of your trip, every- you could just yep. have three people each be assigned yep. to a day and get whatever's available and do it. Yep. And your likelihood is way, way higher. Yep. So um, that's so, a, a last bullet point on the strategy there. I think other- otherwise that pretty well outlines. Yeah, so fine. The, the, the strategy is plan first, try for your top ones at the end of your trip, have everyone possible available in your trip working on it all at once. And do your dining after if you really want to prioritize your fast passes. Now it's time for the silly shit in Disney films corner. This one's been on the list for a long time. When fucking Woody opens the back of the moving truck in Toy Story. Rex goes, are we there already? Woody? Why did he talk if he thought that they were already at the new house and the like? that's why the truck was opening? They, it, you're not supposed to talk if you think that humans are nearby. So who else would have been opening the truck? Like why? It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. If he thought a human was the one who was opening the box, he shouldn't have been like, oh, are we there yet? Because it would have been like Andy, and then Andy would have known that the toys were alive. So, I have a theory. I have a theory. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mock you while you do your intro. (laughs) No, but you did the first few episodes by saying Disney quandaries. Disney quandaries. (laughs) Um... I will note that you said you weren't going to do that intro. Intro. Why do I even do this? And then I was going to edit it in in post with the one where you said that, but you just did it anyway. So oh, you must not have been uh, very earnest in that <laughs> self criticism. I so. do think it's stupid, <laughs> but it's habit. It's just a thing now. Yeah. This is our life. As is, I have a theory. So go yeah. ahead with that. As is, I have a theory. So doing my part, I have a theory. Um, I'm wondering. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. But there are very few cases where toys ever talk to living beings. Correct. And the examples that I can think of are when Woody is purposefully trying to make Sid, is that his name? Yes. Uh, Poop himself in the sandbox. This Um, is a grown-up fucking podcast. You can say shit himself. (laughs) I don't know. He's a child, though, so child's poop, Val. Hoover. Anyway... When he's when he's doing the spooky thing and he turns his head all the way around yes. and he starts by using his his uh, pull string voice, mm-hmm. um, but then 
moves his face, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the other scenario that I can think of is when they talk to the dog, mm-hmm. which um, apparently is significantly more intelligent than yes. uh, it would be for humans. Um, so I guess they can communicate better with, with animals than they can with, you know, than, than humans can with animals. Mm-hmm. But, um, now I'm wondering if, if toys actually have the option to communicate with humans or not. They, cause. Oh, like, like if they have two modes of speech where one right. can, like one if they can have to deliberately heard. make their speech, like what if, what if all of their speech is, is actually some kind of like communal telepathy and it's oh only God. occasionally that they actually project aloud and or the include a human is just that. so that we mortals can understand while we're watching the movie. Right. And so the, you know, quiet Andy's coming kind of thing is just stop moving around but not that they can't talk. Because the other thing is, like, with a world full of toys, like, creeping around when you're not in the room, we would know. Like, we would have figured it out, right? Like, we would have heard something. That's that's... my thing. I'm like, you would have fucking heard them running around the room anyway. But um, they also do talk to Sid's sister to try to get her to... um... I think Woody... Yep, Woody calls... Oh, that's right. Woody calls her away from the tea party. To get free Mrs. Nesbitt. Um, So, I mean, there's nothing proving that they can't decide when to talk to humans and when to talk to toys. I just... Other than Occam's razor. Right. It's kind of complicated. There's no basis for this theory, but it is an interesting theory. It's just like, it's so rare that they do actually... That we do have proof that humans can actually hear them yeah um because it's only those two cases now that i think about it that i can that i can recall it's sid and sid's sister maybe only that family can hear them <laughs> <laughs> it's only sid. no um uh, i want to say there's uh, between the also i haven't seen four so there could be new evidence that we don't have that's true um, i haven't either i haven't been ready to cry yet so I think Wasn't we need to rewatch the series time? and and just you know. Oh, because I haven't seen notes. the Toy Story films enough times. No, because all it's gonna do every time I watch the Toy Story films, I just end up with more things for the solution Disney Films <laughs> Corner. And it is the fucking thirty days of Disney right now. Uh, we're in the middle of it on Freeform, so I've been watching things like Free uh, Freeform Zootopia is playing downstairs at the moment. And we're skipping it to do this <laughs> podcast for you. So yeah. feel feel honored. Yeah. That we are are missing. I've Zootopia. seen the 2016 Jungle Book like twice in the last two days, or pieces of it anyway, and like that one I won't even bother to put because everything is silly about CGI talking animals. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a visually interesting film, but anyway. So I think that your theory is valid, but I still maintain that Rex is just an idiot and could have gotten them all caught. Uh, yeah, it is a weird. It's a weird. Uh, he is an idiot. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, Rex is kind of a dipshit. Right. He probably <laughs> does talk to Andy and hasn't told anyone. So <laughs> He's like sneaking. That's no, that's a weird one. I agree. So that's been our show. Uh, as usual, you can contact us by going to boardandassassay.com and clicking contact. It'll 
fill out a form, it'll email us. Um, if you have questions or if you have feedback or if you have other fast pass tips or if you hate people on the internet too, um, I say that like I'm going to remember who this person even is like after two hours from now. Uh, we also have a Twitter at Bored and Sassy. Uh, and if you are a listener who knows us personally, which is probably most of you, just shoot us a message wherever it's easiest. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. I'm testing, and this is testing, and we're here to talk to you about testing. And our necks fucking hurt. Yeah, why do both of our necks hurt? I don't know. It's not like we both had the same weird pillow issue. Did did yours hurt before or after Fast Passes? Uh, Because mine was after Fast Passes. Oh, maybe after Fast Passes. Maybe Fast Passes broke our neck (laughs) Yeah, I think it was hunching over our computers for like half an hour and then going back to bed. Damn you, Fast Pass! Where does yours hurt? Right here. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Well, folks, you heard it here first. Fast Passes are the cause of the majority of neck injuries in mid-30s aged... I lost my train of thought. That was almost funny.